The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Back to Old School with DP and Jay on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. We are back old school. Nick going to take a nap. Yeah. Nato Brennan, Jay Foreman. Right. Hopefully uh, Nick makes it to his car, right? Because they got some construction going out there. It's shaking the whole building up in here. So. Oh, yeah. Taking care of business. Taking care of bid business. So it's Wednesday is hump day. The haze in the barn per se. You know, you're right on the back end of the weekend or the week heading into this uh, game against the fighting the lion eye. And this is uh to be honest with you, Nate, this is gonna be the biggest challenge for this offensive line all season. This right here. So even even if only other team defensive line wise. Or front, say, you know, front guys that give that is a bigger challenge would be Ohio State. All their leading tacklers are D linemen, aren't they? Well, it's not only I'm just yeah, the leading tacklers are, are D line, but they're out of they have twenty three sacks. Oh my god! As a t- as a defense, sixteen of them come from four guys, four each, three sophomores and one true freshman. Exactly. What are they feeding that freshman? That's what I want to know. Get him on whatever yeah, nutrition so, so plan that uh, is. My God. Jazan Newton, who's their leading tackler, and he's he's leading in tackles for loss for eight eight tackles for loss for four. He's the freshman. No, no, he's, oh, okay. he's a sophomore. Okay. And Still. then you have Keith Randolph Jr., another sophomore, eight tackles for loss, four sacks. You have Gabe J- uh, Jacas, right? He he's the true freshman. He has four tackles for loss and, and four sacks. And then you have Seth Coleman, who's a sophomore outside linebacker, but I'm sure he rushes from the outside on third downs, and he has four sacks and, and four tackles for losses. Um, and then they have Tariq Barnes, who's, who's their middle guy, um, and he has uh, five tackles for losses – or five tackles for loss and one one sack. So they're pretty active in that, you know, front, you know, five to six guys. So you know they're gonna they they feel like they can bring the pressure obviously with the front and they do some exotic stuff and they try to confuse you but they're trying they one thing is just letting you know they're getting home and they're creating some uh, splash plays as well so I think you know physically you know I don't think it's anything that Nebraska hadn't seen but I think as far as execution wise this is going to be huge this is going to be huge to be able to communicate effectively um, and be steady and weather the storm. Because there's going to be a series where, you know, they'll the defense will have the offense's number, but you got to keep punching and keep plugging away, uh, because they've shown that you know that they've been able to their teams have been able to move the ball against them, especially if you spread the field out a little bit, which is you could look right at Indiana, which is kind of, you know, right up into our skill set as far as skills positions, yeah. and so but you got to protect the quarterback, um, understand that you know you, what we have to do is ju- just don't be that guy or that group that lets guys go right into the backfield to either hit, you know, Grant or, or Casey. And and if you do that, 
and you keep giving yourself chances, right? Third, third, and, or second and third and manageable and stay ahead of the chains, um, they will start to wear down. Because the one thing, they're kind of like, you ever seen Rocky Three? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so it's there. You remember when he was fighting Clubber Lang? Mm-hmm. And Apollo Creed says, We, you know, we got to get him, you know, we got to get past the third or fourth round because Clubber is trying to put you away quick. That's what they do. And, and, they play good complimentary football, right? Pretty decent on special teams. Offense is ball control, physical, and beat you up. And the defense is, you know, playing ahead generally or being in advantageous positions because they play the run well that they can go and try to get your quarterback. So that's why if you flip the flip the script on them, um, it'll be interesting to see how they adjust. And um, one thing I will also say about this defense is they ha- they have had tremendous amount of good luck and good health which obviously helps, right? So it's continuity and execution. So um, it's a big challenge, especially well coached, well too. Coach too. Yeah. yeah, and you got to give them credit. I mean, I'm not taking anything away from them. It's a big challenge, but they're definitely gettable. Um, but you're gonna gonna have to go out there and uh, you know really play for it and, and really go take it. And so yeah, I'm gonna be interested to see how uh, both sides of our lines uh, not just react because then react mean that you're just you know taking it on the chin. I'd like to see them come out and set the tempo. You know, I think one of the biggest things that I saw against Purdue was the defense kind of oozed into it, right? You kind of like ease into it, and then you start getting to go. Well, sometimes if you do that, you're already too far behind. And so uh, set the tempo early, coming off a of bye week, be uh, happy, healthy, and refreshed, and, um, you, you know, going out there trying to make a statement. So, um, you know, it's real interesting. I'm not a big numbers guy, but when you see four young guys like that, one that's uh, letting you know that they're recruiting and developing really quickly, and they have guys that fit this scheme that are coming in to produce really well. But then also when you have a position group that's really, really that active, that actually can be advantageous for Nebraska because now you know where you can put a lot of your focus, mm-hmm. right? Um, and, you know, to stop, you know, this position group. Now the only thing that's a problem is you got four dudes bringing it, so hey, it's time to man up, and so. Uh, <sighs> It'll be interesting to see what yes, uh, Coach Whipple and those guys. Um, I wanted to ask you this though: Would you? I didn't really listen to the whole Mickey press conference. You know, I don't get it. I don't live and die by it, like every word. You know, he looks right. he's plenty. You know, capable to talk for himself, and he's actually very clear. So you don't have to really go back and kind of evaluate what he's saying. I wanted to ask you about their decision to keep the coordinators home. And if you think that's – that, I think it's a positive. I want to see what you thought. You know, as far as – you know, they all went out and recruited, but make sure the coordinators be here to kind of really hone in, self-scout, and come up with a really good game plan for this game. What do you think about that? I don't know. I, I think it shows that Mickey Joseph is is being a leader in that sense and making decisions more than anything. And I think that's what you want your head coach to do is, is kind of take the reins on something like that. Um from a recruiting perspective, I mean, he's he's still out recruiting. I yeah. think that's something, and yeah. I think that's huge too because then you look at a player like Malachi Coleman who does decide to come to Nebraska. I mean, that, that sets a standard. That makes right. a statement, and I think that's something that's important too because I don't know if really – we in recent memory – I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, Jay, but during the season, I can't remember the last time you had like a statement recruit say, okay, I'm coming here. I mean, that sets the standard for the entire class. So, right. I mean – it's it's at least having a plan, and I right. think more than anything, that's just what I want to see is that there's a plan, there's a direction that you're going with this, and I think that that shows that's what they're at least trying to do. Yeah, I feel the same, but I like it that it's leadership to where, right? You know, he's he's going to still go out there and 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 recruit, 
and have everybody else go out and recruit. But he's like, hey, look, you guys, you know, this is what I need you to do. Right. And so, yeah, it's leadership. It's, it's, leadership. Yeah. it's, uh, it's clarity. Um, and the expectations are, are, are still the same. You know, let's let's do what we need to do to put ourselves in the best position to be successful, both in the short term, which is obviously the rest of the season. And then long term is still go out and get some, uh, you know, new new guys or, and bring them in. I also want to ask you this um, real quick before we go on the break. What are your thoughts on what, when they said they're going to be really heavy into the JUCO ranks as far as the offensive line? I don't know. I, I'm very indifferent when it comes to offensive line because I, I'm more of a more than any other position group, I think the offensive line needs to be developed in house. I've always said that because when you look at the transfer portal, it's been very successful for some teams. You can look at basically every position group across the board. You'll find success, whether it be receiver, right, secondary, dude, yeah. defensive end, pop, yeah. Yeah, rece- like running back, quarterback, all that. But very, very rarely do you get an elite offensive lineman from the transfer portal. It doesn't but really it's happen. The Juco, I know, and but the Juco's different than getting Juco, somebody then that's right flamed out at Juco Virginia is different. Tech. <laughs> okay, well, careful, careful. Uh, Virginia Tech actually had two four-star linemen end up transferring, which right. was bizarre. That almost never happens. But I don't know. I personally. I always think the best offensive lines, I mean, you look at the Iowas, the Minnesotas, what happens? I mean, they're developed in-house. That's just the reality of their program, and it's why they're successful year in and year out. I'm not saying it can't work, right? and something needs to be fixed because right now they've got an absolute train wreck on their hands, so I don't know what the solution is. I don't. Maybe Juco is, but don't you think I don't Juco love could it. be the short term and then you mix in some of the young guys? I yeah. I, th- that's the problem, and that's why I'll, I'll defer to you on this because I, th- the offensive line situation is an absolute disaster right now. And I don't know. I mean, you can try everything under the sun. I mean, they tried hitting the transfer portal. They've tried uh, having guys that probably weren't ready step into that position, throw them into the fire, for lack of better words. I mean, you can try the Juco now. The problem with an offensive line is I don't know if there's really a quick fix. I mean, it's yeah, one of those things. There really just isn't. Well, I mean, it's – but then also I feel like – you know, Coach Rayola just got here in like January or whenever, right? right? January, February. Yeah. yeah. He really didn't get to recruit anybody because they, I don't, for whatever reason, they didn't let him recruit anybody. It seems like, or at least that's what's been been said. And then, you know, you really don't even know what you have on this roster. Really, you get what I'm saying because of whether or not in the physical shape that he likes right. or his coaching style. That he, like it just, you just don't have a true barometer of what you have, and and so. Um, but then also, you know, when you watch the tape closely, when you really, really watch it, there's improvement, but then also, like you said, there's disastrous plays when there's oh whiffs, gosh. right? But, just but run, not even knowing their assignments sometimes. I mean, that right. stuff or not I mean, making come a choice. on. Yeah. yeah the biggest thing on. is that, if, you know, if you do right. something, because if you don't do something, you do nothing, you know, really. And would then be, you look like a fool. Right. <laughs> so, but, I, but when those plays happen, you know, there's. I always go back to the four plays I saw where there was just. It, it, granted, it's like my old saying, or to say, is like it's whipped cream on horse doo doo because you got four guys stonewalling their guys, and then you got one guy like, "Oops, I forgot the guy so blocked." Running free, right? Yeah. So you get you know. So then to the layman's eyes, right, it's like man, that offensive line is horrible, right? But in reality, is you got four guys doing the right thing. That's why you got to have a cohesive unit. So. I think coming out of the bye week that, you know, you'd like to think they're going to be a little bit better. I think a combination approach of 
continue to develop because I think if you just try to you pin to, yeah. all your success on going to get five guys out of JUCO, it's not going to work. No. And so I think you got to have a combination. I think that combination, whether you present guys on the roster, because I do think they have some talent that can be developed. You ideally you I wouldn't agree. you wouldn't have to you wouldn't have to pin all your hopes on Teddy Teddy Prohaska and stuff like that. Get some JUCO guys and you get some guys to continue to develop. Then you can see things turn around and be more, you know, a cohesive unit. Because you get some guys in here that knows how to play, know how to compete. Um, I think and then another year with, with, I mean, I'm assuming with Coach Rayola, then, you know, I think things are would be better. Because I think, you know, you got to give it time. I mean, good offensive lines are, are developed over time. But there just needs to be the standard that we can't be – the w- in whiff as much as as times that we have, and I think that's a big part of it too, Jay. And I think that's why the the short term fix is so difficult at offensive line. That I think the offensive line, probably more than any other position group, has to be cohesive and work together. I mean, like you you can just insert an offensive line; he can be the best offensive line in the world. But if he doesn't work with the group, if they're not on the same page, it's not going to work. Right. Like you said, I mean, right. you're going to have one guy that's just out of position; something's going to be wrong. So, I think that development is so important, and why Minnesota and Iowa do such a good job at it is that they recruit in in bunches. So those guys develop together right, yeah, on the right, field, yeah. and in the offensive line, that's just together, so important. Right. Exactly, but, and it's just important to have that. Yeah, it's an interesting conversation because. Um, you know, the, and on on the other hand, you know Alabama's put a lot of guys in the in the draft first round. Mm-hmm. None of them have really been as good as they were in college at the pro level. Yeah, but up until they get drafted, they they look like it because they do the same thing over and over and over. They were the same guys Heavy, four years. Same, same yeah. guys, same mm-hmm. system, same plays. Yep. They look a lot exactly. better on tape. But yep. then when you got to go out there and survive on your own. They yeah. don't look as good. So, you know, you <laughs> yep. kind of got to have a, a, a realistic expectation. And, you know, does more running the ball or different type of running kind of help help out the offensive line? You know, but then if you can't if you can't block the guy in front of you or you re- forget to block the guy in front of you, mm-hmm. no matter what run play you call. So, you know, so I, I think it's, there, it's just that you got to find a happy medium. And I think if, you know, players learn more, play better, the results will be better. Um and then you know you just be able to move on from there. So I think it's a good, that's good. You know, a couple couple questions, conversation. So we're gonna go into a short break here. Then we got a short segment right before the end of the hour. Then we're gonna go into that five to six hour uh, and focus on Nebraska's offense and defense and the the things that we like to talk about. So we'll be right back on old school. Watch old school live on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitch. Old school with DP and J on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.